This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassis, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves, and while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast. And you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants IT, specializing in the accounting industry. And Omri Mann, the CRO and co-founder of Anchor, the autonomous billing and collections platform, is gracing us with his presence today after we've been pre-show talking for an entire episode before this and now we can actually start the episode after we've already handled everything and are tired how are you oh wonderful i'm actually energized after the conversation with you so yeah building building it up and omri man i mean facebook isn't even letting you out with that name right I think it was like my dad's uh, decision to, you know, write the last name like this. But he was kind enough not to call me <clears throat> Spider. Nah. <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, it's definitely an icebreaker. But uh, I, I, I think I'll take that over people uh, with they see my last name and think Lassie or Lassissi. So I'll, I think, you know, we're in the same boat of, oh, how's how's that go? Oh, okay. So getting into it, though. So Anchor, what are you guys doing at Anchor? So uh, simply put, we're making sure that our clients are getting paid on time effortlessly. And the way we do it is by automating the entire billing and collection process, starting from the proposal and all the way through the reconciliation. So Anchor is like A to the R from the agreement all the way to the reconciliation. And the way that it works, maybe we'll jump in detail into that later, but we looked and analyzed why people are not being paid properly, why there's late payments, and how big is that? And what we've discovered is that it's a massive problem for businesses, especially in the U.S., that 90% of businesses that close in the U.S. Co- are being closed due to cash flow issues. And while that, you know, doesn't, you know, it's very natural. The business doesn't have money, it closes. It makes perfect sense. What doesn't make sense is that 60% out of those businesses were actually profitable on paper meaning that they had the money to survive, but, you know, with all the craziness uh, of managing a business, you know, uh, satisfying your customers and making sure everything ticks, they're usually taking care of themselves last. And that can definitely kill a business. That's a, from a report and done in Brett Street report from 2019. And there's on and on about it, but, you know, I'll 
you asked a short question and I gave you a long answer. So no, it's okay. So, it makes my job easier for the next 28 minutes and 30 seconds. So, <laughs> so with the the companies that are going out of business, obviously nobody goes into business hoping that that's going to be the outcome. And for so many organizations that have cash flow problems. So you're saying that these companies are profitable and despite that they're going out of business is and you're saying they're profitable on paper, but because they're not able to collect the cash flow, they have to close their doors. Even though the deals have been closed, it's just getting the money from the client into the bank account. Do I understand that correctly? So that is the problem, but it's a mixture of things that <clears throat> is causing the money not to come in or coming in uh, differently than expected. And it's not only, you know, the, my client didn't pay me on time. So just some numbers on that. If I'm conservative, it depends on which research you, you read, uh, but the minimum is 45% of payments are being paid late. And it could be one day or 30 or 60 days. And, but by definition, uh, for service providers in the US, for small businesses, almost half of the payments are not on time. And when that happens, it's very hard to create forecasts about how I manage my business, how many employees I can have, whether or not I can advertise and grow. And when you don't have that ability, that means you have, you know, you don't have a stable business to build on. So will you grow tall or you'll stay close to the ground? And what happens is that these businesses stay very close to the ground. And if you look into it deeper, there's something called revenue leakage that we're, most of us are not even aware of. And that is the money that we're actually uh, earned or we're entitled to, but forget or waive. And I'll, I'll give an example. Let's say you have an agreement with a client that says, okay, you're a new client. I want to encourage you working with me. Here's a 10% discount, or this is my price. Next year, it's going to be another 3% or another 10%. What normally happens is that the year will end. And if you remember, let's say if you don't remember, normally you just duplicate the last invoice and then that 10% safe, you know, you forget about them, or you actually you know, you recognize it, but you say, ah, oh, now I need to talk to them and I know they're going through a hard time and okay, ah, so I'll, I'll, I'll wave it. It's okay. And, and you bring yourself into the equation and it's one, it's friction with your client. And it makes sense because for a service provider, I think the thing that is most important and the thing that he values most because it's part of the value is a relationship is the fact that they've built trust. And when there's talks about changing things in money and money talks in general causes friction, especially when there's no single source of truth, when, you know, it's being, you know, discussed in emails or messaging or, you know, in a paper that no one remembers. So this is the main cause of it. So you either waive things or forget all about, you know, even someone spoke with you in the middle of the month and you write it on a post-it note. And then when it's time to build, you forgot all about it, or you pass it to your admin, she forgot all about it. And these things have a tendency to build up to the point that it's, it accounts for 4.6% of the bottom line, which is really just, it's for a business with, you know, profit margins of, let's say, up to 20%, normally that's a, a healthy service business. That's a lot of money. 
And on top of that, you have high commissions that are eroding, uh, you know, the, the amount of money that ends up in your pocket. So our mission is basically is to automate most of it so that things won't fall through the cracks and for you to get paid on time uh, without being involved emotionally and without, you know, you being in charge of it. Uh, very much like it happens in SaaS and e-commerce. So to take that model and to give all the benefits of a SaaS product, basically, to, to a service provider, uh, an accountant, and, and, and let them enjoy that automation uh, without the friction that they currently experience. And coming from someone that's super, super pro, if it can be automated, let's automate it. I mean, that's literally my job in the company as far as like technical work goes is find a process, poke holes into it and find ways that we can streamline it and make it faster, make it more automatic. Like I was sharing the, the uh, beginning of the uh, conversation where we're, we're in the process now of hiring another employee and I've I've been at companies where we had tons and tons of hiring and trying to solve all the problems with people as opposed to software and automation. And the the one thing that we can't really automate and simplify and zaps APIs, we can't we can't streamline conversations with our customers. You know, we can't, I mean, I, I guess we could like chat bot some FAQs, but I mean, aside from that, if someone books a time with us, we're going to speak to them. And, and I was sharing that we've got, uh, we're, we're two weeks out on from someone says, let's do this. I'm ready to move forward two weeks before we can start the fulfillment. So we're starting to uh, go through the hiring process again. So I'm really big on staying lean and automating pieces that it doesn't require this day and age a human being to be part of the process. And sort of your guys' angle is AR and billing. This doesn't have to this doesn't have to require a human that's on payroll to handle all these things. And a lot of what I'm looking at is black and white. Is there a right way to do this and a wrong way to do this? And if for the most part, there's just a black and white, this is what a correct version looks like. So for instance, a correct version of a client that's paying us monthly would just be client pays on time on the 14th of the month. Their invoice is X and it gets paid the same day. So if you've got that on autopilot, you don't need somebody saying, oh, it's the 14th. It's time to time to bill these people. Hopefully they they get around to it. Hopefully they see it. Hopefully they remember that da, 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 da. it's just it just happens. And so are you guys on on sort of since it's autonomous, I'd assume is it like you collect the billing information and then it's automatic payments or there reminders? What does what does the the streamlining process look like that you guys bring to the table? So, so it's a great question. And we are under the assumption that 
your business changes all the time, meaning you started working with someone and then you actually started working on them for a cleanup or for, you know, a tax report. And then if it's a tax report, they move to a different state. All of a sudden you need to charge them, you know, an additional fee or the scope of work has changed. So we had to build a system that is dynamic. It's not just a, a fixed retainer. That's easy. So when we looked into that and we, we try to automate it, but still keeping the automation as things change, we realized that in order to create an, you know, a really automated true system, you have to start before the billing even begins. You have to start on the agreement phase. And when you talked about what will be a right way and a wrong way to do it, in our book, the way, first of all, is matching the expectations properly, uh, but not just verbally, uh, but literally, meaning that we have an agreement that acts as a single source of truth. So instead of you sending a DocuSign, what you'll do through Anchor is you'll send a link to this cool uh, mobile uh, website that is actually your agreement, your engagement letter, your contract. And in that agreement, what we do is instead of having all that legal mass of words that people normally just skim through and trying to get to the bottom line of, okay, how much do I pay you? What do I get? Exactly like it happens in e-commerce. You have the bottom line first and then the wording. This is what we did. We made sure that the people, your clients, just understand completely what they're paying for very clearly and then and then the legal stuff that they less care about because they're looking to match what you promised them on the phone or in the meeting that it's actually in the contract. So what we see is a 43% uh, lift, and this is just the immediate numbers and conversion. So the conversion to actually getting it, signing it really quickly with their finger uh, is on that. And immediately after that, the screen will flip and we will ask them for their payment information. So either a free ACH or uh, a credit card. So we are able to process both and you as, a, as the vendor can choose who do you want to allocate the, the commission of the credit card fees? So you're able to definitely not take it on your own and we're giving ACH for free. After that happens, what we have is a single source of truth that is dynamic so that if something changes, you can always change it. The end of the month comes or something you know that you agreed as a, a milestone has reached the agreement will generate the invoice automatically according to the terms, according to everything stated there, and the payment will be automated as well. And we're connected to you know, your GL, uh, and then that's being reconciled automatically. So without silos, without Zapier, from agreement through invoicing, through actual collection, wiring you the money, transferring the money to you and reconciling it, it's all being done in the background so that you can actually you just free yourself to the actual work. And when you talked about employees, I think one of you know the main issues that we've seen in the last year is that you have capable people doing just manual work and if you can use that labor to something that is revenue generating or service generating or something smarter, it's not replacing their job. It's just taking their brain power and using it to grow the business in a much more productive way. Yeah, that's everything that I'm currently doing on our side, like I had said, with 
streamlining people and having people do the processes that I need people to do things that you can't just PowerShell script or Zapier or any of those things. And on my side, I'm just looking for everywhere that I can, that we can shave 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And over time, you know, it's going to compound and just having the automation of it being accurate and correct and having a central point of truth, I think is super, super important because especially and the, the biggest obstacle that I think gets overlooked, not even in your own processes, but if you hire a new employee and explaining to them, you can look here for this information, look there for that information. Here's this information. Here's that information. We usually do it this way, but for this one client, don't do it that way. So you have to memorize all your different clients. And when you've only got a handful and it's small, it works when you know everybody on a first name basis and their family and things like that. You don't need to have all these levels of automation. I mean, it's great and very helpful, but as things start growing and getting everybody on the same page and getting everybody's arrows pointing in the same direction, it's important that you have a central source of truth. And when it's done in the agreement right there and they're just it eliminates the the confusion like you said the the emotional aspect where you know there's at the end of the day i mean you should be proud of what you're doing and it should be something that gives you fulfillment i'm not discounting that at all but your company can't stay in business and give you fulfillment if it's not profitable and if it has cash flow problems that's a gigantic issue that there is a solution for so having having that piece on autopilot, it gives you the ability to get all the other things that you're looking for. But if it's not profitable and there isn't cash flow, that's you know, that's your oxygen. And if you don't have your oxygen, well, the rest of everything doesn't matter because that's your foundational baseline is making sure that gets taken care of. And kind of what you had mentioned is that for a lot of people it gets flipped over. Where, and I'm not saying be heartless, but you do have a business to run and the goal and in a for-profit organization, you know, is to generate a revenue that is comparable to the like amount of effort that you're putting in, hopefully a higher revenue. Like I, I look at everything in my, in my life as a BS per dot, a dollar per BS. So if something is a lot of BS, like it has to have a lot of dollars attached to it. And if it's something simple, then like the, the dollar per BS is like intact. But that's that's basically what my um my measurement is. So having having these things though on autopilot, it's less stress. It's it's better in just about every way you look at it and not in these vanity metrics. Like, and I'm going off on like a tangent, so I'll stop. But with with marketing, where people look more at vanity metrics such as likes and traffic, but if it's not leading to the end goal, and don't get me wrong, those are important because they're indicators, but the end goal of your gross revenue and then subsequently your uh, net profit at the end of the day, you know, these are the things that we should be looking at and 
if you do all the other parts of you know the marketing to get the client interested whether that's word of mouth or however you're you're marketing and then the sales and not in the like grimy salesman way but you know the process of here's the product here are the benefits or here's the service here's the benefits then the agreement yes i will pay that amount to you we have an agreement and then your fulfillment to make sure that you're holding up your end of the bargain and then for it to all fall apart at the finish line nothing else matters unless you can actually get that so it's very interesting that it's all one central point of truth the billing happens right there and what does the the flexibility look like so you're saying the firm starts growing the not your firm but your client's firm company what have you starts growing and then the scope changes so your agreement needs to change but it's all flexible in the same spot uh, exactly, because what we see and when we talk to clients and we tell them, okay, so bring us your current uh, engagement letter or agreement, and they say, nah, it's not relevant. We signed it like six years ago or four years ago, and things have changed so much that it doesn't really represent anything. So in fact, they don't have you know, a legally binding source of truth that they need to have. That's one. And the other thing is that it's let's say if and there's a reason for that because if for every change or every uh things that dynamic you need to get them to sign again and again and again on every change it's a lot of friction no one wants that so our system is something that you can literally just click add a service send they get it they don't need to sign it re-sign it they just acknowledge it with a click that they agree on it and then it becomes part of that binding agreement between the parties and it knows to invoice it on time. And I know that, you know, most of the times we're, a lot of people are talking about automation and, you know, whether it's taking jobs or replacing people. And if a person is better on the job or less, I think that's, you know, it's, it's not the discussion because we have as humans a far greater capacity for many things. We just need to play on our strengths. And the automation that is taking care of you getting paid it actually does a much better job than a human because it's always on time. You don't need to stress about it. And many people that we talk to say, yeah, but I don't have, like my clients pay me on time. And, and then we ask, okay, that's wonderful. But what do you, what amount of work do you put into that to make that happen? So, oh yeah. So we have Carol and we have uh, Gail, they take care of it. And Carol and Gail are always the ones in... <laughs> Every time. They are. It's Carol and Gail like a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but it is. But and then like she sends an invoice a month ahead, and then they follow up before, and then they follow up after, or we have their bank information for some of them and we build them that. So, but you see that like there's such a massive organization and so much time that's being spent. So at the end of the day, they're getting paid, but the price they're paying it in non-billable hours and actual salaries for very smart, capable people that could do something that's a lot more important to the business is staggering. And so this, I would divide the problem into two, like someone that really has cash flow issues and someone that has no cash flow issues, but is paying it with labor and manual work uh, that's preventing him from growing. And part of the... You know, the the flip side of it's taking away jobs from other people from many, many of the accountants that I'm talking to on a daily basis, 
hiring and finding good people at a price that is not insane is a very difficult thing. So if you're hiring these people and investing in them, to have them doing things like AR that can be automated and just make everyone's lives easier, you're saving a ton of money and you could be investing that time in training them to do more complicated things or more billable hours or all the the aspects of your company that actually moves the needle versus some of these things that you know back in the day it was just it was just a cost of doing business that is what it is and i know on on our own side that we had just gotten burned so many times and it wasn't it, it wasn't oh 80% of our clients are late and then this that and the other but for whatever the i, I think i believe in, it, in a previous conversation we had it was something like 97% of invoices do get paid was that the number somewhere in that realm they get it, it really depends on the metrics but half of them are not being paid on time but at least in some capacity but regardless all right that that 3% I mean, if you eliminate that, what does 3% look like for your business on account of it's work that you've done and are entitled to. So, you know, if I just walked up and said, can I have 3% equity in your business? Uh, you have to do all the work. I, I don't want to do anything. It's actually just going to be a burden on you, right? You'd say, that's insane. I'm not going to give you 3% equity for doing nothing. That's ridiculous. And it's like, well, you don't collect on 3% of your invoices like yeah it's cost of doing business like i'm just a dumb cost of doing business for <laughs> uh, we'll make a, a short possibly film about this but it's actually a lot deeper than the three percent uh i think the amount of money that good businesses are leaving on the table due to inefficiencies and even things that you know the most of it is things we don't know we don't know the revenue leakage aspect is stuff that you miss that you say, ah, there's no chance I'm missing out on so much. But when you dig into that, it, it is so much. And I think like, first of all, let's, when we started this, we asked, okay, why are payments being paid late? That was the major question. Like, are people bad or people? And then we asked like, I pay late sometimes. Am I a bad person? Am I, I don't want, and we discovered that both this was our, taken it. And that's the research that Goldman Sachs actually did about payments in general and B2B payments was it's not that. So 78% of late payments are caused due to just low priority, meaning that even though the relationship is very good, they look at it and they say, okay, I just got an invoice from my accountant. What do I do? I have an AP process because it's a manual invoice that I just received. I need to go back to the agreement to see that because I don't remember. It was months ago. I don't remember if you know what was the fixed fee. I don't remember like the. I need to go and check that. And if there's a discrepancy, I need to talk to someone. So the immediate thing that people do when they get an invoice, unlike what we want them to do, is which is pay it. They just put it on the stack and say, okay, I have my billing day, and it it, it normally gets. But essentially we are sending them to work. Like we're sending our clients to work for us to get paid, which is unwise. Uh, we want to simplify it as best we can to make it easy for them to pay. Dare I say, do nothing. So, and this is when we saw, if you're taking the 
payment method upfront, you're not using it, but you're taking it for future use. And your client knows for sure that there's no fraud, there's no uh, discrepancy from the agreement, and it's automated, so there's no errors, they can rest assured and just let that flow, just like you do with Netflix. And then it actually cancels their AP, your client's AP. They don't need to check you. They just can treat it as like an expense and let it flow. And when that happens, think about the logic of, of the process. Right now, your clients need to do something in order for you to get paid. We are changing that equation so that they need to do something in order for you not to get paid. So the default is you're getting paid on time for work you've done, from what you agreed, and you don't have to do anything apart from the actual job, which is for us what business is all about. You know, you were hired to perform a certain service. And what happens is, is so much time and headspace is being devoured by chasing clients or building. And even if it's, even if it works, it, the cost, as you said, the cost of doing business, it's, it's no longer needs to be so high. Uh, and if we talked about pricing, you know, BS, so we wanted it to be as simple as possible and as aligned with our client's interest. So it's $5 per payment, meaning when you have money in the bank, only then do we collect our $5 and it's not a percentage. It's not, there's no minimums and it doesn't, it doesn't matter how high the invoice is. Meaning if it's a thousand dollars, we will transfer 995 and that's it. So we wanted to make sure that we have full alignment with, with our clients and to keep it simple. And simplicity is kind of the name of the game when it comes to SaaS. And I mean, you're, you know, in, in a, SaaS model, it's kind of the idea as a whole is just, this is simple. It's just part of the process and you're taking steps out of the equation and, you know, the, the cost that goes into doing these things manually, not to mention like you had, uh, brought up the revenue leakage, which I think, I mean, for myself, you know, when you're talking about that, I'm just gears in my head, like, oh no, what are we missing? You know, and I'm sure other people listening are like, ah, oh, yeah, no, you know, these are these are actual issues that are happening in businesses. And the fact that there's a solution is fantastic. And like you had said before, it's like, well, you know, on our side, it's like, well, we've got the zap from from our merchant to our uh, DocuSign to our CRM to the uh to the merchant and the billing platform, all of that. I mean, it just took me like 20 hours to program it all so that it works. But for those, yeah, yeah. And then the amount of testing to make sure that it's working correctly because, you know, a transaction amount versus a successful transaction amount in the API code is a very important difference. And one of those things you don't notice until it's like, why does it say that this person is current and the merchant says that they're not current? So testing is always a fun part when it comes to software. So aside from going back in time and getting 15 years of programming, 
<laughs> programming <laughs> skills. You know, for for five bucks, I think that's a it's a wise investment to not have to deal with that. Make sure that everything is copacetic and just focus on running your business. And it's one less millennial that you have to hire. And even though <laughs> like I, I just identify as Gen X, like I, I know I'm I know I fall into the category of millennial, but man, when I hire them, some of the stuff that, you know, the, the snowflake, I want unlimited PTO and I want to get paid extra actually for days that I take off because it's because happy this, I mean, Hey, you know, different, different strokes for different folks. I'm kind of, I don't know. I grew up in a, my family was like, you work hard and that's how you get ahead. But that's, that's a different conversation, but if you can automate some of this stuff, it's one less millennial that comes out of school wanting six figures with no experience. Just think about it. That's <laughs> the further away you can get from from one of those, which is I was sharing before. It's just like I dread hiring people. And my team is so good, but it's just in my head of we had someone, he worked for like two, maybe three months. And he it was his first real job, right? And and he wanted to. He had a manager uh, meeting with his uh, with his boss and said he wanted to get paid double. And I was like, you don't even know how to do your job all the way yet. Do you want to be paid two times as much for being the weakest one on the team? He says, well, I have a degree. We say, well, you know, I'll take someone that has experience at doing your job over someone with a piece of paper. But, uh, you know, so I... I am not a fan of the entitlement that uh, that floats around. So the more that you can automate, the more streamlined you can make your team. And also you know, the people that are there, you can compensate higher because you don't have to, you know, going for a quantity play of people versus the quality and filter weight from chat. I mean, there's, there's a million advantages that come from just eliminating some of the stuff that, in the back in the day, it it was a cost of doing business, a necessary evil, and you just needed to get somebody who at least part of their job doing admin work and AR and all that stuff. It's just something that you can have a software do that never. Oh, wait, I mean, I'm I'm making an assumption here. Does does Anchor call out sick or have family drama? Does it work mm -hmm. on weekends? Yes, pretty much all does holidays. It, all holidays. Does it does it demand to be paid double because it went to school? Uh, it didn't went to school, so oh, oh, okay. So it doesn't have that kind of leverage over you either. So it's yeah. very very obedient, uh, and it's as well as we go along. And I think so. Yeah, it's it's playing nicely. And something that you mentioned in the beginning of the conversation about the way that you manage to systemize your onboarding to make it more efficient so that people actually are more professional at what they do, but it's very streamlined. So you can actually, you know, handle a lot more business uh, relative to what you've done in the past. And this is a big part of what we look about when you're, you know, when accountants onboard clients, normally they have a conversation and then they say, okay, I'll send you an engagement letter, which, you know, is required. It's important to have it. It's a good practice and it's, you know, to keep, you know, some the the insurance needs it. And so it's, it's vital. But apart from that, they, you promise them, okay, I'll send you an engagement letter. And then 
yeah, two days, three days, four days can go by because you actually have more work and, you know, and family things. And, and then you end up sending that four or five days later. Uh, who knows, you know, how many, you know, clients have been lost due to this gap. And more than everything, it's less professional. So what we've made sure that Anchor comes in with a lot of templates that you can create so that we actually measure it. Like sending out an engagement letter or an agreement shouldn't take more than two minutes tops. If it's take more than two minutes, then you know we need to make make it even better. But it should be like okay, tuck 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 tuck, email send, and then the clients are, is onboarding himself. He's adding the payment information. Uh, he's adding a lot of the things, and the clients love it because it gives them a lot of freedom and more than anything they came to and we i think as a generation in general have come to expect you know a amazon like experience from everything like you know it, it, the fact that you're uh, an accountant doesn't you know doesn't matter at this stage it's sad and it may be unfair because you know amazon had a lot of years and uh, resources to create this experience but Right now, we've all grown uh, accustomed or uh, pampered to a very fast, slick, fun experience uh, that's completely mobile. And so coming off the gate, this is what we wanted to create uh, and to help improve the conversion rate from talking to a client to getting them you know, signed and actually paying you. And on the client-facing side, I mean, I... I can tell you of every single vendor that I have, everyone is on auto pay except the pool guy at my rental property sends me an invoice every every month and the landscaper also does that. And they have QBO and I'm like, look, let me show you how to auto bill me so that I don't have to go in, collect the invoice and then get you my paying my payment information like the client wants it to be easier too so it's not just on a selfish side of well now i get to automate this and now it's streamlined for me and the client's just got to deal with it it's what the client wants also and like you said points of friction like the reason that we hire for basically anything is to reduce the amount of friction that exists so the pool guy, for example, I give him money every month because I don't want to drive to the property and clean the pool and deal with the chlorine. So he's reducing the friction that I have in order to, to maintain the pool at that property. But he's adding the friction of, okay, Andrew, it is now time for you to pay me. And you know, I'll, I'll check my phone when I wake up and I'll have an invoice. Yeah, it's, 6 a.m. and I'm just trying to get anything done before the kids wake up and finding my credit card and punching in the information just isn't high on the to-do list. And and it's it's not that I am out to get him or anything, but I'd rather him instead of say it is time to pay me, now go do work, I'd rather him just say, I've received your payment and you just keep living your life. You know, I'm still looking at the bank statements and comparing the vendor, uh, the what you would call the the expenses on a monthly basis. So if he tries to do 
something like it still sticks out just part of our due diligence process on our own finances, but that's where it happens. And I don't have to worry about the the headache that comes you know, along with it. I completely agree. But on top of it, I think accountants have a major, major advantage over almost any other service provider. Uh, the level of trust that you have with your accountant versus the level of trust you have with the pool man is very, very big. Uh, your accountant is your financial advisor. You're being, you know, a client is exposing a lot of very personal financial information to someone. So by default, he trusts you and he chose you and he will pay you. He wants to pay you. So that as itself, you're just eliminating the friction and uh, you know, basically the work for him. He already decided that he wants to pay you and he trusts you. Uh, so just automating it is very, very easy for anyone in the financial service because there's built-in trust in the majority of relationship, especially for existing clients that have been with you. New clients will just receive it because it's like, this is, you, you onboard someone new, He's he will accept any process that you show him, especially if it's easy. Uh, but I think accountants have a, a major advantage over uh, other service providers here. Yeah, that's, I think that's 100% true. And it's funny on the on the IT side, you know, working just with accountants. So we're the the trusted advisors of the trusted advisors. So you know the the amount that is placed in our hands. You know, just grateful that you know, have a really strong team and ethics. Obviously, is super super important because so much is built. Just like in the accounting industry, it's built on a trust equity. You know, how many accountants could come in, look at our operation and poke holes in it on a technology standpoint, it would be pretty difficult if you have just no idea about tech things. And that's the same way, you know, why I hire an accountant, because I don't know anything when it comes to this stuff. And I probably have a stronger foundation than many business owners. Once upon a time, I did volunteer income tax uh, associate with the um, with the IRS for college credits, and even I know I'm. You don't want me doing your taxes. You you don't want me sitting in front of TurboTax and saying this has got it. And I know everyone's just like cringing, like oh, TurboTax, like oh, it's the worst. And and don't worry, I'm I'm on your team. But I think I think it's a great place for us to leave off. I know that you and I could go literally for for two hours, which is about where we're at <laughs> pre-show and post-show. So, where can people learn more about uh, you, you and Anchor? Uh, so, first of all, the website sayanchor.com. They can definitely just log in and uh, and try it. Uh, they can book a demo, and we'll have one of our amazing team members go with him on everything uh if you're you're able to send them an email or a link uh somewhere then we'll be happy to do so uh but the website sayanchor.com just go try it out reach out to us we'll be more than happy to help you fantastic and as always if you go to tech4accountants.net you can get a complimentary it audit Make sure that your IT guy is actually doing what he says he's doing. Or if you don't have one, 
we can help point you in the right direction. But Omri, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. Definitely. Thank you so much. And for anyone listening, I hope this added value to you and just maybe awareness to the things that you should be poking at at your own business. So best of luck to all of us. Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.